It looks like Gray's Anatomy, the reference book of the human anatomy that was written and has been updated. I think it was originally written in 1885 or something like that. It might actually need an update again. Something new has been discovered in the human body, and the man responsible for leading the discovery joins the Kelly Cotrera Show on 640 Toronto, Dr. Edward Morrissey from the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the program. Hi, Kelly. Nice to see you. Or meet you, I guess. (laughs) Well, nice to meet you, too. So tell us, what did you discover in the human body, and how did you come across it? So we've been interested in a, for a long time about the difference between human lungs and uh, mouse lungs because mice are our standard animal model that we study so many of our questions in. And for many decades now, it's been understood that the human lung is quite different, in particular a region called the small airway region or distal airway region. Um, classic anatomy texts have said, okay, there are different cells here, different structures here that are in the mouse, but we really didn't know what they were, or even understood what those cells would be doing. So that was sort of the, the principal you know, question that we wanted to ask, what was different? And we used new technologies, including single cell analysis, that so we could go in and actually digest the lung and, and look at it, every single cell individually. And we found these cells called respiratory airway secretory cells that really don't have a counterpart in the mouse lung. Um, and that we feel is important because this region of the human lung is really uh, uh, involved and very important for lung diseases such as COPD. So is it that the human lungs function different than the mouse lungs? So you were trying to figure out where that function uh, comes from, the the difference in the function, and you discovered these new lung cells. Right, yeah. You know, I, I think you know one thing just to keep in mind is how much larger the human lung is than the mouse lung, which, again, is our standard model for study. Um, it's, you know, enormous you know, surface area inside the lung. It's almost the size of a tennis court, all packaged up sort of in a tissue origami-like manner into, into your chest. And this is a huge organ that has a lot of different compartments that still remain, you know, a mystery to us. As far as function goes, you can just imagine the amount of air involved that gets passaged through your lung during every breath compared to a mouse lung. So it's, it's really orders of magnitude larger. That really explains, you know, when you talk about the amount of surface area that your lungs actually uh, encompass, it explains why you actually f- can feel them, you know, moving, uh, you know, you, your body quite physically. Right, right, exactly. I mean, you, you know, inspiration and exhalation, every time you do that, you're moving liters and liters of air volume, you know, in and out of your lungs. It's obviously a, a tissue, one of the few tissues, uh, including the heart, that is undergoing constant mechanical strain. So, you know, it has to it has to respond to external cues. Obviously, it's also exposed to the external environment. So its function is really, you know, controlled in some respects by our external environment and how much mechanical strain we put on it. So let's talk about these RAS cells. What exactly do they do? I understand they're similar to stem cells. How do they serve us? Yeah, so they, they like I said, are, are found in these distal airways, most distal airways, of the human lung, they generate and secrete a lot of factors to keep those distal airways lubricated, keep them open, allowing this airflow to occur properly. um, What's a distal airway, just to get us all on the same page? Okay, sure. So there's two major compartments. There's the airways, and then there's the alveoli, which we'll talk about in a moment. The alveoli are where the gas exchange occurs. That's where we, you know, absorb oxygen and we give off carbon dioxide in every breath. Okay. So the airways are what conduct air down to the distal alveoli. And the RAS cells are found in the most distal portion of that. And that distal compartment um, is unique. It's not found in the mouse and other animal 
uh, laboratory animal models. So the, it's a unique structure within the human lung. This, this cell type is somewhat unique. It's not found in the mouse. And these cells give off sort of lubricants to keep that distal airway open, that very, very small airway. We're talking about an airway that's less than a, a millimeter in diameter. Uh, keeps them open, lets air flow through there. And as you say, uh, you know, we don't think of them necessarily as stem cells. We think of them as cells that have multiple roles and functions. That, and one of them can be sort of stem cell-like in the fact that they can grow, proliferate, um, but they can also turn into other cells. And the other cells they turn into are these cells found in these alveoli where gas exchange occurs. So they serve a function both in that most distal portion, end portion of the airway, and they also generate cells in the, in the adjacent compartment, the alveoli, where gas exchange occurs. Right. And we need the oxygen because our whole body runs on oxygen and you want your blood to pick up those, the oxygen. Um, so this is really, this is where we're bringing it into a relatable place. These cells, knowing what they do, they could be used, you're thinking, uh, in the future to, if we focus on them, to uh, help deal uh, and possibly even reverse diseases like COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which a lot of people deal with, and there's no cure for that. That's correct. You know, COPD is, is a disease that is increasing in prevalence. Um, it is the third leading cause of death in the world, and the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, projects that it could actually end up being, if not the, the second or the first or second leading cause of death in the world. Um, most often, you know, COPD is caused by smoking, but the number of people that have COPD now that don't smoke is increasing as well. So it's becoming a real health issue moving forward. So yes, these cells, or at least how these cells function, is going to give us some insight, hopefully down the road, uh, for new ways to therapeutically, you know, deal with diseases such as COPD, because there are really no treatments for COPD, you know. Could it, could it involve like manipulating the RAS cells to make them, uh, you know, help with the alveoli? Exactly. That, that would be one approach to get them to repair and regenerate the alveoli more effectively. I mean, they do this. We believe they do, we, they do this normally. There is slow turnover in the lung. As I said, it's a, it's a barrier organ exposed to the environment, so it's constantly having to replace lost cells. But we can hopefully figure out how, what drives these cells to generate these alveolar cells and push that process. So how do you know, you know, when you're dealing on a cellular level, how do you identify that this cell is different? Is it based on function? You're, you watch how the cell reacts? or I mean, because a cell structure is a cell structure, right? We all learned about it in biology. I don't know how many people held on to grade 9 biology, but it's pretty simple. Right. You know, I think, you know, one of the interesting things about this project is if you go back to some of these anatomy texts from the 50s and 60s and 70s, there's some classic anatomists that they looked at this region of the human lung. So there's this low cuboidal, weird-looking cell here. We don't know what it is, and that's what it was called. And that's what you know medical students were taught for many years. So what we've done in this is we've used you know newer technologies again, where we can go in and profile thousands and thousands of cells across many, many different uh, organs, and say these cells are different. And we can profile those also in the mouse and compare them to the mouse cells and say, yeah, they're distinctly different. They express different genes. They express different proteins. Um, so that gives us some insight into how different they are. So was this a case of your team discovering a different cell or discovering the function of a cell that had always been uh, there and we'd known about, we just didn't understand it? I think, yeah, I think, you know, the, the interesting thing is it's right. These cells were there. We, we knew they were there. 
This gives sort of a name to these cells, um, but more importantly, as you say, it really starts to define their function. And we believe since these cells sort of sit at the intersection between these, you know, the airway and the alveolar compartment, they play really important roles in maintaining both structures and regenerating both structures. Is there a possibility that you could in the future transplant some of these cells to areas that were, you know, uh, suffering and they weren't functioning adequately to keep people um, from getting the, the correct amount of oxygen to, to their bloodstream? Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely it's something that we're looking into and working with other collaborators. Um, as you know, that there is you know, a huge effort in many different organ systems to generate, you know, from stem cells, from pluripotent stem cells in a dish, generate different cell types, whether it's lung or cardiac or, or brain, um, and then graft them, put them back in and see if they can function properly. And as you say, rescue, you know, people with diseases where their lungs are, you know, falling apart and not functioning properly. So that is, you know, it's an aspirational goal. It will take some time, but, you know, we hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get to that over the next decade or two. Wow, that's pretty helpful. Dr. Morsi, thank you so much for walking us through this. I think it's pretty exciting news, especially for people that, uh, you know, have a history of COPD in their family. Thank you so much, Kelly. Have a great day. Dr. Edward Morsi is the lead study in uh, and researcher from the University of Pennsylvania.